You're listening to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue with Adam Bartels. Hello and welcome to another episode of Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue. I'm your host, Adam Bartels, and joining me on this episode from Purdue's School of Aeronautics and Astronautics, Dan DeLaurentis. Dan, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Excellent. Thank you. Awesome. Great to have you on. Exciting episode to talk about this new partnership between U.S. Space Force and Purdue University. But before we jump into that, let's let our listeners get to know a little bit about you and talk about where you're originally from, how you got to Purdue University, and then I know you fill multiple roles over there, so kind of talk about those as well. Sure. Well, I'll tell the brief life story. So as I like to say, I'm here in my office in Armstrong Hall uh, at Purdue, and if I point that way and you go 91 miles that way you will uh, arrive at my hometown which was Calumet City Illinois up in the region just across the border from Hammond Indiana so I grew up there and in that area uh, you know just from childhood there's various stories from my parents about how I got involved in aerospace but nonetheless I became interested in that and uh, went to my undergrad school at Florida Institute of Technology in Melbourne, Florida. Shout out for FIT, Florida mm -hmm. Tech. Um, my philosophy was, why go to a, a great aerospace school like Purdue, which was 91 miles away, when I could go all the way to Florida because it was the closest school to where they launched the space shuttles. And so misguided as I was, uh, I did have a great experience uh, working at the Kennedy Space Center as a co-op student. And uh, including the fact that I sat inside and did a little work inside four of the space shuttle orbiters as they were coming back for uh, refurbishment. So really aerospace has been in my blood. I, I did a PhD in aerospace engineering at Georgia Tech. And after finishing that, um, there was a great opportunity to come here to Aero Astro at Purdue as a faculty member. And, and I've been here since 2004 and love it. That's awesome. Uh, that's so cool. Yeah. Hey. Florida is not a bad place. If you're not going to go to Purdue, you, you might as well take do school in Florida, right? <laughs> there you go. That's awesome, man. Awesome. Well, welcome. Uh, Purdue, how long have you been there? Um, since 2004. So that's looking like 16 years. And, I, and I'll mention, you know, my first and favorite job is professor in Aero Astro here and working with students. But I do have uh, an additional role for about four years here as the director of our Institute for Global Security and Defense Innovation which uh, in the case of today's topic kind of combines both my passions as the US Space Force is a, a, the newest military branch. Um, and so uh, that role that I have at Purdue brings me in touch with these folks. That's awesome, that's cool. And that leads right into this. Let's talk about this uh, back on September 29th, the announcement made with this new uh, partnership between Purdue and US Space Force. Talk about what that is and talk about that announcement. Sure, well, actually what I'd like to do as a preface to talk about that is just to remind uh, everyone watching and listening that you know the US Space Force is in fact the newest branch uh, of the US military, I guess the sixth, we have the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marine Corps, Coast Guard, and now the Space Force. And uh, just a little history lesson, you know, the Air Force itself is a relatively new branch, right? The Air Force was created in 1947 by basically carving out people and organs of the Army, uh, Army Air Corps. And in many ways, um, the Space Force is very much uh, currently consisting of, you know, mostly officers and, and civilians that were in the Air Force recent, um, you know, of recent times. 
So uh, there's a great heritage, uh, of course, at Purdue with the Air Force, including ROTC uh, and other programs. And now the Space Force, as they are moving out in this grand mission that they have, they are uh, realizing that the, the solutions of tomorrow, the techno technologies they don't even know about uh, that they'll need to operate in space uh, are percolating probably at universities and great universities. And Purdue is one of 10 that they've partnered with in this university partnership program that they've begun. Cool. And just kind of talk about the benefit of that, how this, uh, what this means for Purdue, and then you know, ultimately the benefit for uh, the Space Force too. Right. So I'll start with the, the second one first, the Space Force. They were very clear, um, uh, and the contingent of the Space Force that came here, I should mention, uh, General D.T. Thompson, who is uh, the Vice Chief of Space Operations, which is a cool title, right? Anyone would have, of course, yeah. it comes with a significant responsibility. Uh, he is a four-star Space Force General, of course, formerly in the Air Force. And as he says, one of his also proudest elements on his resume is he is an alum of Purdue Aero Astro Program, uh, as well as the Air Force Academy. Um, he is the number two uh, leader at the Space Force, and he made it very clear during the visit and the uh, preface of the visit, what they need Purdue to produce for them is a, a pipeline of talent, both military officers, uh, ROTC cadets, and civilians that are gonna be the next generation or today's generation of, of leaders, technical leaders, sometimes technical experts, other times people who are gonna operate the, the, the systems, but they have a knowledge of the cutting edge technology. And then the second thing that Air, uh, the Space Force needs from Purdue is that next generation research. What are the new ideas? What are the great ideas people think are great ideas now, but might turn out to be significantly flawed? So those are the two things they need from us. And what Purdue needs is to fulfill our land grant mission, which is exactly to provide those two things to anyone who comes asking, certainly from the, from the US uh, defense community. And uh, that's exactly what we do. Um, I should also say, as the general himself pointed out, this partnership is just hitting on things that Purdue is already doing that is just gonna do it at a greater level for the Space Force. One of those things I just wanna put on the table quickly is we've had something for several years now called the Purdue Military Research Institute. That is a program that Purdue put in place to attract military officers who are active duty officers to come to Purdue for an advanced degree, usually a PhD. And then when they go out back into the military service, they become the next tech technical leaders and that program has, has been successful. And now with this force will continue to be even more successful. That's great. I'm glad you mentioned P, uh, PMRI. They had them as one of my early episodes when I was first started. Really? This so, That's uh, they, great. Great program they got going on up there at Purdue. And we, we know uh, Purdue is the uh, cradle of astronauts. So let's talk about how this kind of uh, partnership helps just further expand Purdue's commitment to space. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. We are never, ever disappointed when someone uh, remembers and identifies uh, Purdue and that moniker Cradle of Astronauts. However, um, you know, I, it, especially folks in my department, my academic department here in Aero Astro, um, we don't want people to uh, assume too quickly that that heritage in the Cradle of Astronauts is sort of uh, what we've done and we're not doing much uh, since then. So 
there has been a tremendous amount of, of research uh, that goes on before this whole Space Force announcement uh, took place in propulsion, how we access space, how we get to space reliably and cheaply, more cheaply, how we operate in space. We have one of the world's experts in what's called space situational awareness, which is how to track all of the different things in space now. Um, people think space is, is big and it is, but around low earth orbit, and when you think about how many times you hear on the news that Elon Musk just launched another constellation of satellites, well, guess what? These things actually can become dangerous to inter interject with each other. And you might say, well, if Elon Musk loses a satellite to some and someone else does, that what's the big deal? Here's the big deal. When two things crash in space, they produce 10,000 things, mm. pieces. And those become flying bullets that are traveling at 17,500 miles an hour or faster. And if one of those, even something this small, uh, hits the International Space Station, for example, or a military reconnaissance satellite, bad things happen. So those, that's an example of a storyline of why Purdue research uh, matters to the Space Force and why these kinds of questions, uh, driven by the way, uh, by this amazing and great commercial activity we have going on in space. General Thompson made it very clear. The Space Force, of course, has its own military needs and requirements and missions, but part of their job from the president's directive is to protect this new emerging space economy, and they take it very seriously. Sure. I'm glad you added that as well. That's very important things that we probably don't, the average person like I doesn't think about it every day about what, you know, what's going on up there and how those things can happen. And there needs to be, you know, plans in place for those types of things. Well, you touched on the, the research and innovation. I just want to kind of go back to that a little bit more. Obviously, that's a big focus of this partnership, as we already kind of mentioned. We talk about how this partnership just kind of complements that existing success that Purdue already has in those areas. Sure. Well, uh, I, I did mention a few already, uh, Dr. Carolyn Free and, and her work in space situational awareness. We have at Purdue the, uh, I think, universally acknowledged world-class, probably top uh, propulsion laboratories in an academic setting. And, and, and that, that's our Zucro laboratories. It comes with over two dozen faculty and perhaps 150 graduate students and staff. So all of the work going on there, which includes some advanced rocket propulsion work, is in fact where the next generation of ideas are of how to get to space um, effectively and, and more cheaply. As I said, and think about you're, you're the vice commander of the Space Force, and you've got to get some new satellites up there on a regular basis, maybe not in Elon Musk numbers, but maybe, maybe greater. Um, how do you do that, you know, uh, launching rockets, as much as we've had recent success, it's very expensive and sometimes prone to failure. And, and so how do we do that? So that's an example of building on a produced strength uh, for that next generation launch capability. Another one I, I should say is, is building more resilient space systems. So systems that are already in space, how do we make them more protected from bad things, not only debris hitting them, but cyber attacks and things like that. And, and Purdue has significant strengths in those areas that we're bringing to bear, to, uh, we will bring to bear for the Space Force. And I bring that up because many of your listeners may think, well, I don't care about that. Well, if you have one of these, 
you care about that because one of the things we use these cell phones, whoops, don't want to see my text messages. One of the things that we do all the time is navigation, right? We've got wonderful GPS signal. Well, guess who owns and operates the GPS satellites that provide that wonderful service? It used to be the Air Force and now it's the Space Force. And so every citizen and, and, and citizen of the earth has an interest in the, uh, the commercial systems we have in orbit being protected. And so Purdue Research contributes to that as well. That's awesome. So it affects everybody and it's, yeah, it's awesome that Purdue's got a hand in that. It's cool. Uh, you kind of touched about it on, on this as, as well already, but I want to kind of go back to this as well. General Thompson, I think, spent a couple of days on campus enjoying his beautiful alma mater up there in West Lafayette. Uh, and yeah, I know he visited with several folks. Can you, can you talk about any uh, specific project areas that you haven't already mentioned that he discussed uh, that he'd like to see, you know, Purdue be working on that you, again, already haven't already mentioned? Well, yeah, it, it may be hard because I've, <laughs> I've mentioned some of the key ones, but I, I, I'll reinforce a couple of things that he said. Um, at, at the very end of the visit, he said, um, this amazing uh, Purdue Military Research Institute, the PMRI program that you already have at Purdue is exactly what I need to get Space Force officers that are currently active in the Space Force to become technical leaders. So he foot stomped that one, as we say, foot stomp. Second thing he said is, you already have four uh, Space Force cadets as part of your Air Force ROTC, which is one of the best in the nation. We want to grow that to make sure that talent pipeline of military officers is coming into that program. And who knows, maybe we'll have double dippers, right? An ROTC undergrad at goes to Purdue. And then 15 years later, when he or she is a major or a colonel, come back for a PhD in the, in the Purdue Military Research Institute program. That's awesome. The other thing, the other thing he, he, he foot stomped was uh, the research that uh, Dr. Free and, uh, and the space situational awareness is, is critical to their needs. And also some of the advanced research we have um, in, in the area of strategy and technology and, and how that combines for the next generation solutions. We have a, a great program here led by Professor Soren Matei in our co College of Liberal Arts that uh, is looking at strategy and technology. So it, the whole day was full of many examples, but I just highlight those. That's awesome. There's, uh, there's so much uh, great talent and resource up there too to, to take from up at Purdue. And that's awesome. You mentioned a couple of those uh, graduates are already heading that way uh, from Purdue. Uh, and that kind of leads into uh, one of my last questions here. Again, I know you've already kind of touched on this as well, but I, just, it's, I think it's important just to reiterate too. You know, the other, I think the third part of this focus of this partnership is developing more talent from Purdue that can eventually, you know, enlist in the U.S. Space Force. So kind of just talk about the significance of that. Sure. Um, well, I'll, I'll mention the significance of it in two ways, um, and maybe both will be surprising. So based on everything I've said so far, it's like, what's, what's the problem here? Everyone at Purdue is so excited, students, faculty, and the Space Force is excited. Pipeline solved. <laughs> well, it turns out that um, for as much as our enrollment has grown here at Purdue, um, our, our students continue to have just so many great opportunities for employment after they graduate that um, th it, it's not always a slam dunk that going to work for, for the government is, um, you know, kind of the best in their minds from a career perspective. 
There's various complex reasons for that we don't need to go into, but uh, as excited as they may be, uh, they may find a better opportunity to work on the Space Force mission by going to a, a, a private contractor or industry. Now, General Thompson was clear that that's a win for the Space Force. If great Purdue grads are going out to work for various companies, uh, that, that is uh, true. That's great, but we also need some that are interested direct government uh, uh, work. Yeah. Another thing that uh, is, is critical that takes a lot of care and attention is to increase the diversity um, in many different ways. I mean, diversity, race, gender, background, major, that the Space Force and really the entire defense establishment needs uh, in very critical ways. And again, Purdue, is a leader in, in producing a, a diverse set of, of graduates. But we, like every other, you know, there's a long way to go. Yeah. And so uh, that was really a very crisp uh, element of the meeting I remember with General Thompson and, and our Vice Provost for Diversity Engagement, uh, Dr. John Gates, that um, we need to work together because this is not a turnkey solution to get that diversity in the workforce that's needed. So. Those are a couple examples of why workforce is not just a turnkey solution. Like I said, it takes a lot of effort. Yeah. And is that a part of classes or meetings with, you know, any of your students to kind of encourage them to go that direction? I know, obviously, you want to kind of let the students kind of figure out their plan and stuff like that. But, you know, is that something that's in recruiting students or, you know, any students in aeronautics and astronautics that to be encouraged to go that direction? And, you know, how, how does that work? Yeah, no, that's a great point. And so let me first say visits like we had from the Space Force are absolutely critical for helping us to tell that message to the students, because many of them, as much as we think, you know, the students are aware of everything. Well, it turns out they're not. And so they may have heard, you know, on something about the Space Force, but they, they may not have never known that was a career path for them if they weren't a military officer or whatever. So visits like this, high profile visits from the general, I'll never forget. I had a very large project with another branch of the DOD, the Missile Defense Agency about 10 years ago. And, and, and it was a large project and we had the three-star uh, general who directed the agency come and visit. And after he gave such a compelling talk on campus, I had students waiting at my door right over there <laughs> wanting to work on the project and talk about free advertising yeah. that produces a talent pipeline for me. That was great. Yeah. But the other thing, the other aspect of it is I mentioned that the trick there about, you know, we need some students who want to go to work for the government versus industry. Well, we also have the, the challenge that if so many of our top undergraduate students have exciting career options immediately upon getting their bachelor's degree, then our pipeline of graduate students uh, becomes reduced. And the way things work, those next great ideas of technology generally come from graduate research, masters and PhD level students. So again, it's a very intricate, nuanced challenge. And you pull, you pull the pipeline one way and you get yeah. the flow going this way, and then you realize uh, it's not flowing the other way as well. So, uh, but we're all, we're all in to make sure all the, all the various pipelines are as big as possible. That's right. And as long as we're all working together to, to go the right direction and, and help to succeed again, and you mentioned too, just you know, it's such, it's such a new branch still, you know, just exposure, having somebody on campus, especially a Purdue grad on campus to, you know, kind of 
uh, rally these uh, students to get fired up for uh, for the Space Force too, and just to learn more, and then yeah, maybe see if that leads them to a career uh, in that branch, right? Yeah, absolutely, and and you can imagine if you're a, a military officer and you're here on campus, Air Force or Space Force or any branch, and and you're you see this four-star general come, and he was in your shoes, you know, 30 years ago. Uh, there is hope. We you know that. Um, there's wonderfully successful military officers. Most of them, right, don't attain a rank of general, and and there's great contributors at different ranks. But it is motivational for those officers as well. That's great. That's awesome, Dan. As we're as we're wrapping up here, anything else that I didn't ask that you want to add? Um, no, actually, other than I believe, if I remember my news, uh, Captain Kirk, i.e., William Shatner, was supposed to go up. I think this morning in a Blue Origin. Yes. Uh, and I, I don't know. I haven't checked the news if that happened. I, I, I if it did, do you, do you know? I don't, I don't know either, but I, okay. I think that that was supposed to happen as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you know, one re, you know, the, the Space Force, the insignia of the Space Force is very much inspired by the Star Trek Starfleet <laughs> and uh, General Thompson and others in the Space Force. And I'm sure all the time get questions about that. One thing he did say is it's, it, there is no plans in the near, in the future the near term or midterm future that the space force will actually be putting people in space. Okay. The space force is responsible for lots of machines in space that we, we need to do things with. But if any of you uh, out there are interested in uh, being an astronaut, uh, the space force is not a good place to go to apply. <laughs> but we'll still take you at Purdue to, to add to that cradle, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> the cradle has become more of a multi-tiered bunk bed. Yeah. As we're and we're wrapping up, I did want to ask this too, just to let, give you this opportunity. If anybody listening, a parent or a prospective student or current student, um, is interested in learning more about aeronautics and astronautics at Purdue, uh, where can they go and you know uh, ask questions or find information? Sure. Uh, of course, the best place is our website. Uh, just search Purdue Aero Astro or even Purdue AAE, which is kind of our acronym for our department. You will find a plethora of information, people to talk to. We have every, besides our education and research programs, we have a wonderful uh, twice a year event called Purdue Space Day for, uh, you know, kind of K through eight uh, students primarily. So there's something for everyone. That's awesome. Dan, thank you for adding that. I appreciate that. Hey, and thank you again for uh, your time coming on the, the podcast. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you. Awesome. Boiler up. All right. A reminder, you can follow the Full Steam Ahead podcast on Twitter at Full Steam Pod. And you can always listen to, like, comment, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and tune in. Thanks again for listening to the Full Steam Ahead podcast. Until next time, I'm Adam Bartels.